excuse me. Let us pray. It might actually be a little bit loud. Yeah, yeah. Let us pray. Gracious God, I open myself as your vessel this day. May the words of my lips be pleasing to you. And may the meditations of our hearts bring you glory, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way in us. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's uh, lovely to see all the red. I hope you're keeping warm. I don't normally wear red, but this is my mother's, so I thought, perfect day for it. Pentecost is one of my favourite days in the Christian calendar, and I could speak about it all day long, so I'm trying to keep it shorter (laughs) because I love the Holy Spirit. It marks the coming of the Spirit of God, the birth of the church, and we read Acts 2, the story which fulfills what Jesus had promised his disciples, that the Holy Spirit would be sent from the Father to them to equip guide, strengthen, empower, and be an advocate for them. What else is there to say? Sermon done. We hear this every year. You know, as much as those sentences might sum up the marking of Pentecost in history, we often do leave it in history. We mark it, we celebrate it, And then we move on. It's my prayer and my passion today that this year just might be different. That we don't just leave the spirit of God in history. So let's unpack this some more. I want to share some stories this morning. And you may have already heard some of my stories that I share. I also want to share a video But to begin with, I want to look over scripture and remind ourselves what characteristics of the Holy Spirit are revealed so that we can gain a greater understanding but perhaps then see a way forward for us, not only as individuals but also for the church. So if we look at the first two verses of Genesis, we see the Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. What followed from that was the unfolding story of God's creation, the animation bringing life about. The biblical authors speak of the spirit to be the presence of God the personal presence and the divine activity of God. This is important, the divine activity of God. Throughout the Bible, God's spirit gives life, but it also gives specific empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person mentioned to have God's spirit empower them was Joseph. Joseph, the coat of many colours. You can read about his story in Genesis 41 But Joseph was able to understand and interpret dreams in order to bring divine knowledge to his time and to his people, to God's people. But Joseph actually clearly in verse 16 says, this is not me that's doing this. This is God through me. 
Again, something very important to hang on to. We continue throughout the Old Testament, the prophets were being enabled by God's spirit to see things in their history from God's point of view. The prophets would speak out about the unleashing chaos in the world, often as a warning to God's people. But the prophets also foretold that the spirit would come again, just like in Genesis 1, bringing about new life. But this time it would come also to transform the human heart and to empower people to truly love God and others. Moving forward into the New Testament, we see in Matthew 1, the child, Jesus, who Mary conceived is from the Holy Spirit. His birth was from the Holy Spirit. And then further into the unfolding story in the beautiful scene of Jesus' baptisms at the water of the Jordan River, the skies opened and the Spirit of God fell upon him like a dove. This story invites us to see God's Spirit was empowering Jesus to begin a new thing, a new way of life contrary to the way of the world. And we see this played out through Jesus' ministry where he healed people, miraculous healings. He was creating life where there was once darkness. As he met with the outcasts of society, their lives of shame were being transformed into a new life where they could hold honour. And they began to know the love of God for themselves. The work of the Spirit continued Jesus himself was raised from the dead by that same energising spirit of God. And in John 2:22, when Jesus met his fearful disciples, it reads, Jesus breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit. Soon after that, the classic scriptures, which we've heard this morning, Acts 22, describes the spirit powerfully coming on Jesus, all of Jesus' disciples so that they could become part of this new life, sharing in the good news and learning how to live by the energy and influence of God's presence. Through his spirit, again, the divine activity of God. All of this is but a part of our history. Yet I believe, as I said in the beginning, we too often overlook the spirit that is still hovering in dark places. The spirit is still choosing to partner with us. We've heard in recent uh, sermons from Vicar Helen that we are co-creators with God. Pentecost is therefore the outpouring of that same spirit that was at the beginning of creation. The same spirit throughout the Old Testament the same spirit in Jesus and the imminence of God is not restricted to any locality or time but is poured out as a gift on the believing community. Holy Spirit continues to work this day to point people towards Jesus, transforming and empowering so that they can love God and love others. How do I know this? How do I know that the spirit is still at work today? I've had what I'd say is a short but rich Christian life and I'm really thankful for that. 
When I came back to faith in my late 30s, I was like a sponge. I would be reading through scripture and you all know how much I love reading. But I'd be soaking in scriptures. I'd be going to conferences. I'd be hanging out with other Christians and talking to them about what God was doing. I'd be listening to Christian music, hearing stories of God's work in the world and then stepping into what was sometimes uncomfortable places of ministry while travelling overseas for mission. What began in me was a recognition of the spirit working in my life. Just as Jesus promised in John 14:12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater. And I'd like to share just a couple of stories. The first one is my own. On one of these missions, thanks Marco, we'll go to the, the first slide. On one of these missions, I went to Vietnam uh, to, mission, to ministry to a small church in Hanoi. This was a, a photo on a Sunday morning. You can see me there in the middle and Bishop Ian on my right. Yeah, that is my right. <laughs> what happened after this service was the youth leader or the young adults leader, his name was Sam, he came up to me and said, Liz, you need to be part of our Alpha group this afternoon. Come and visit. We run this Alpha group for non-Christians and we'd like you to be part of it. I said, no worries, that's fine, I'll go. And I thought, I don't know what I'm going to go for, but anyway, I'll go. Just after I'd spoken to Sam, I spoke to his wife and his wife said, no, 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 don't go because it's all in Vietnamese, so you won't understand it. And I said, okay, I won't go then, that's fine. But then Sam walked over, he said, no, you need to be there. All right, I'll be there, six o'clock. I turned up and I thought, Lord, I have no idea why I'm here. I sat down and everyone mingled and, and Sam went up the front and introduced and said, Liz is here and she's going to come and share her testimony. Oh, whew, okay, well, I've shared it before, so I'll share it again. So I got up, but obviously they're Vietnamese and can't understand English all that well. So I have a translator, Sam translates for me. So I say a little part, a portion of my testimony, and then Sam translates. So I did that. Said a little part, Sam translates. And then I said something in regards to my life, in regards to a situation that happened when I was a teenager with my father. It wasn't a great situation, but I started sharing it and said how God worked through our family to bring, it, bring about forgiveness and things. Sam then translated and I literally stood there thinking, why on earth did I just say that? Why did I just share that part? I don't normally... Anyway, back to me. Keep going on the story. I shared my testimony and it came to the end. And just before I sat down, I said, Sam, there's just one more thing that, we need to, that I need to say. And that is God is with us. God is with us in our midst. And he wants you to know that no matter what situation you're going through, he is there and loves you. And then I went, that's it. And then I sat down. Sam sat just behind me and then they started watching a video, all in Vietnamese. So I had no clue what was going on. But Sam tapped me on the shoulder and he, he said, can you see what today's uh, topic's about? I said, well, no, because it's in Vietnamese. I can't read Vietnamese. He said, God is with us. In that moment, I knew that God was with us and the spirit was working. 
After that video, we got into two groups. I went into one with Sam and he was able to translate to me, but they just spoke in Vietnamese and there was a young girl directly opposite me and she started sharing in Vietnamese. So I thought, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to sit here and pray. I don't know what they're talking about, so I'll just pray. And as she started talking, she started weeping and weeping and continued sharing and weeping. And then I heard my name and then I thought, oh my goodness, what have I said? Uh-oh. And I held onto my chair and I kept praying. After she finished sharing with, with the group in Vietnamese, Sam said, Liz, I need to share this with you. This young girl has had an issue with her father that has brought so much shame into her life that she never thought God would love her. But through me telling my story and through the spirit actually plonking, plonking down that little piece that I wouldn't normally say, that girl actually gave her life to Christ that day. Praise be to God. That is just one of many times that the spirit has been at work tangibly that I can see. I want to now uh, show a little video of Bishop Ian, who also speaks and shares of a story that you may have heard before, but we'll, we'll share it again. Thanks, Marco. One day when we were in the Solomons, I had a young team with me, and we had been, uh, we are on this island, an hour island, and taken us an hour and a half in a boat trip up with land by plane on this island, the major island, to get to where we were going. And this place was known to have, uh, I've heard the term, a low heaven. And so it, we were expecting some wonderful God encounters and we were not disappointed. As I said, we had a young team uh, with us and we'd been visiting many of the surrounding uh, villages and people during the day. And then that evening, we had this combined gathering in what would be called in Australia the town hall. Uh, like a, a large uh, leaf house with, with a concrete floor. And at the front of this uh, was this belt of um, fluorescent lights, which were a uh, solar power. Anyway, it had been a long day and very tiring. And uh, after we'd done uh, ministry and, and worship and, and dancing uh, with the locals, I was just ready to go home to, to bed. I, I'd had enough. Go back to my my phone mattress on the concrete floor. Um, but God said, no, go out into the dark. I knew what he meant. I had to go out beyond the fluoro lights into the, the back of the crowd where there were over 200 people sitting. And I just followed the leading of the spirit until uh, I came across this woman who was sitting with her back to, to a pole holding up, holding up a roof. And I said to her, I said, God would have me pray for you. Of course, she didn't understand because she was an indigenous person. I had to get somebody that spoke the local dialect. She didn't even speak pigeon. And um, I explained to her that God wanted me to pray for her. What would she like prayer for? Well, she dropped her head and then she lifted up and she, as she lifted up, she lifted up her hand and showed me across the top of her hand where there was this um, sort of a festering half-healed half cut across the back of her hand. 
and her hand was like a claw, it couldn't move. What had happened was I asked if the, the armies and that would gather around. <clears throat> this lady was an unfortunate victim of uh, domestic violence and her husband had tried to cut off her hand with a machete, uh, with a bush knife. Well, I said, God, you brought me here, Let's, we'll do it. Um, I can't say I was full of faith, but I, I was full of obedience. And so I took the woman's hand and placed my two hands around her wrist and started to pray in the powerful name of Jesus. I've learned in these situations you always pray with your eyes open, you always watch uh, the person so you can see what's going on. And all of a sudden I saw these ladies' eyes go like saucers and I thought she was going to scream and I'm watching and then I realised what was happening. I could actually feel it. I could feel the bones, the sinews, the whatever it is in your wrists being knit back together again. I could feel the healing happening as I prayed. I, I guess I prayed for, I don't know, 40 seconds or whatever. Um, and then as I, I let the, the woman's hand go, I asked her through the interpreter to move your hand and show me, you know, is it healed? And she moved her hand and had complete freedom, complete restoration of her hand. All those gathered around were amazed. Not more than me, not more than me. And we gave thanks and praise uh, to God, our Father in heaven, who loves to do those kinds of things. In both my story and in Bishop Ian's story, which you've just heard, God's Spirit enabled us for specific tasks which brought about transformation and new love and a new love for God for those that we met. And then they could share that with others. But there were some key, key features in both of those stories. Both Ian and I had expectant hearts of God. We had expectant hearts that God's spirit would work in and through us. We went into places following the spirit's lead, even when we had no clue what we were going to do there. We didn't know our purpose. There were language barriers. There were times that we had lack of faith. Yet we chose to be obedient to God. And after everything we participated in, we gave thanks and praise to God, who loves to do these things. For some time after the many mission trips that I'd been on, I began to question, why do these types of Holy Spirit moments take place so often in other countries? Yet we see, seem to rarely take place here in our home context. And on reflection of this, I recognise that in our church culture, we have lost the heart of expectation in the Holy Spirit. We have become so comfortable in the way that we do things and we don't see the need to be led by God's Spirit. We've got it all figured out, so we think. Any barriers or obstacles that might arise, we turn away. Because if we don't know how it's going to work out, then we give it 
the chance is gone. We don't give it a chance. Our pride is one of the greatest barriers and one of our greatest needs for repentance. What if it doesn't work? The fear of failure takes hold and our egos win out and we leave the spirit to move on somewhere else. We come to church and we give thanks and praise to God. Isn't that enough? No, church, it's not enough. Our world, our community, our church is in such need of healing, equipping, guidance, strengthening and empowering by the Holy Spirit. We need divine activity today. So I guess I need to finish up with a couple of questions. Are we going to leave this Pentecost, this day of Pentecost, in the same way we often do? By making it, marking it, by celebrating it, yet leaving the Spirit of God in history? Or are we going to truly call on the presence of God? Come Holy Spirit and transform my heart, my life, that my love for God becomes so tangible that I cannot help but share the good news of Jesus with others, that they may know his love through me. That stories of a divine activity begins here in this place and starts to spread the word out throughout our community and that people may want to come and see the wonderful works of God in our time that healing may take place, that obstacles and fear of failure cease and that anything we allow to be a barrier of moving forward under God's leadership be destroyed. That as we live out of our expectant hearts for the Holy Spirit to work in and through us, that we may naturally begin to recognise spiritual gifts of prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, miracle healings, joy, peace, patience and every other gift available to us. May we start to see that in each other. So this Pentecost Sunday, may we pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on us. That we may not just mark and celebrate history, but that we cry out, come Holy Spirit and have your way in us and through us. Amen.